This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, newest Bengals cornerback, Trey Waynes. Trey, how you doing, bud? I'm good, how are you? Our special guest is Hall of Fame offensive tackle, former Cincinnati Bengal, Anthony Munoz. I think we have the making of a you know, pretty good offensive line, a young at a couple positions. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick, and this is Shock Talk. Former Bengals defensive back and current NFL media member, Solomon Wilcox. I remember 2015, wasn't that long ago. I think we had one of the best losses, talented losses in the national football league. Mr. Dahani Jones. How are you doing, Mr. Jones? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on the show. You see, you see my see my jersey over there? We were focused on the coaches did a really great job. Coaches had a really good plan. And <clears throat> honestly, our attitude, I feel, is what carried us over, you know, Nine years in the league, 31 years old, still going strong. I think the results kind of speak for themselves. Mike, it's been a pleasure and an honor to have you on again. Bengals director of player personnel, Duke Tobin. Yeah, we're going to build the draft board out all the way from top to bottom like we always do. Former Bengals quarterback, Ken Anderson. Do you look at today's game and think I can complete 95% of my passes? I would love to be playing today. I would have had to learn the shotgun. You know, that's something we didn't really do with Bill Walsh. I think I could have handled it, though. What's up, everybody? It's Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Happy to have you with us on Monday. We're back at it Monday. I did Tuesday last week. We're back at it Monday, though. (laughs) We're back on schedule, right? Back on schedule. Good to have all of you with us. Hopefully, you all had a great, safe, fun weekend full of, uh, I don't know, adventures or hanging out with loved ones. I don't know. I just hope you had a good weekend. I had a pretty good weekend. It was my son's birthday. So uh, we we took him to one of the zoos that was open in a safe type of atmosphere, and he had a good time. So I had a pretty good weekend. Good to be with all of you on the water cooler chat where we talk Bengals news, we talk AFC North news, and we talk about the news and headlines around the NFL kind of going on. What's going on around the league as we are just a few weeks away from the onset of free agency? Um, there's a uh, a lot of different things going on with the Cincinnati Bengals, a lot going on with the division as teams are trying to align themselves, not only for the new league year, but position themselves in the best way possible for the uh, the upcoming you know free agency period. They need to make moves, they need to shed contracts, all that kind of stuff. We're going to we're going to go through all that because some news came across already on on that front. So let's get going with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to share my screen a bunch of times so you'll see kind of if you're joining the, either the live video feed or the feed. Uh, if you if you look at the video after the fact, you can see what I'm talking about. Otherwise, if you if you just listen to my beautiful voice, you'll get to kind of hear me narrate some of these headlines. And you can also go to each one of these websites that I'm going to be referencing to see the articles yourself. So please do that as we uh, as we go through these here. Let's just kind of start. The Bengals, a lot of talk about, just kind of a little small tidbit thing here, a lot of talk about the Bengals' new changes to the upcoming uniforms. No real leaks yet, but this was kind of a, a fun little tweet by the team Twitter account here, you see first season in this look and the last season in this look, both 85s, Chad Johnson, and uh, you see T. Higgins there, that was 04, and then now you've got 2020 there, so they are moving on. We don't know quite yet what 
is in store for the uniforms. We know the helmets are intact. We've talked about that. And we know that the, they may they may be going a little classic with some things. Is kind of a little bit of rumblings that we've heard, but no offerings as of yet. I assume that they will probably, my, my assumption is definitely they will be unveiled before the draft. Um, I, I think that they would probably, especially if they're going to go after some kind of big ticket free agent, if any, they probably will want these jerseys there. So, you know, they'll have some photo opportunities and whatnot for these guys coming in with, you know, the new jerseys and whatnot, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I expect these to be done before the draft for sure though, because I know they want the rookies to be donning these things. Just my, my guess and my, my take on that. So let's keep rolling on. This is from the Bengals booth podcast. It is relayed to us by the good folks over at all Bengals. And this is Billy Price on the Bengals booth podcast. Um, talking with Dave Lapham and, uh, you know, talking about Joe Burrow and offers up some big praise, calling him Houdini was one quote he had here. You see here, first game against the L.A. Chargers, we're going five wide, and he's throwing that ball around like it's backyard football. Xavier Suofilo had an unfortunate injury, and Joe's running five wide against an NFL defense, really an NFL defense um, he's just making decisions real quick and easy. You can see his brain moving around. I mean, it was his first game as an NFL player. That was a special moment for me just to kind of see him be able to do those things. Now, reminder again, for those of you who just may be living under a rock or something, there was not any preseason games. Training camp was very watered down last year. So if for a rookie quarterback to come in, yeah, there were some dry spells and some missed throws in that game. There were also some drops and other issues, but I mean, I think we all can agree for his first start, Joe Burrow played pretty well against the Chargers there at home in that opener. Uh, He continued on, Joe's got some swagger. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows that kid is calm. He's collected back there, and he is Houdini. I was just watching the clip against Tennessee last night of him just ducking and diving, just missing. All of a sudden, he dumps it off to T. Higgins. Next thing you know, it's about a 20-plus yard gain, and that explosiveness is something that makes it very difficult to defend as you see people trying to defend Lamar Jackson, having that explosiveness, that elusiveness. Joe is a very, very, very special athlete, and I'm glad that he's behind me and we're protecting him. Big year ahead for Billy Price. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be an opportunity for him, depending on Trey Hopkins' rehab and what the Bengals do in the draft and or free agency. A big year for Billy Price in terms of maybe getting uh, a little bit of time at, at the center position, maybe proving that he's fully healthy, maybe proving that uh, he's got a full grasp on on how things are going. There's been some a couple of games where he has played pretty well and and amassed some good PFF scores, and some other games where he's kind of had some abysmal PFF scores. And and so you know this is a player that the Bengals wanted to heavily rely upon as a first round pick, and uh, it just has not come to fruition. He's been kind of relegated to backup duties now since really since Zach Taylor came in here, just not not really able to get a stranglehold on either a guard spot or a center spot. So it's going to be interesting to see not only how Trey Hopkins continues his rehab process from a a season finale knee injury um, and and when he will be back and then also where, where Billy Price fits into all of this. But he is obviously bullish on Joe Burrow, as many of us are. No surprise there. And hello, everybody. I'm I'm seeing a lot of hellos. Jeff and Pedrito and Frank. Uh, good to see all of you guys, Antoine. Antoine also says, I saw a post online of Joey B throwing a football. There's been some updates on his rehab as well, that he is kind of moving into next phases of his rehab, you know, doing some some light running and whatnot. So uh, no real 
no real uh, surprise, I guess, there. I mean, I, throwing the football a little bit, probably some light throwing and whatnot. But uh, this is from um, the our buddies over at Stripe Hype, and I think they're relaying something from Tyler Dragon of the Cincinnati Inquirer. But the interest level for Carl Lawson is, is already heating up. Um, you can see here, um, by the way, if you follow Lawson on Twitter, it's very interesting to see what he has, what he puts out there, very cryptic type of things. And I don't know exactly what he means by some of these things, but it sounds like uh, you see here the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans are two teams that are uh, chomping at the bit to potentially get Carl Lawson to come aboard. Um, he is only 25. He has a lot of good football in front of him. He's had some injury issues both in college and in the pros, but when he's in there and even sometimes when the Bengals don't have other viable pass rush options out there across from him, he's still pressuring the quarterback. Now, it's not it's not always leading to a sack on his part. It's not always leading to you know a sack maybe by, by others, but this is a guy who creates big plays for others. I think we shared on one of these a while back, there was an interesting ESPN metric that they put out and created that basically was other players reaping the benefits of pressure generated from, you know, different players. So basically Carl Lawson, there were a lot of players on the Bengals defensive line and or blitzers that were able to come away with a sack or a big play because Carl Lawson got the initial pressure, though he didn't get the sack. So there's value in that. These aren't surface level stats that you would see with Carl Lawson, but there's a lot of under the surface stuff that proves he is a valuable guy. He is a young player. He sent, seems to be an ascending player. There are some issues though. I mean, there's a, a report out that maybe he didn't, he was discouraged to use all of his pass rushing moves by Lou Anarumo. I don't know how much validity is there. And, you know, we already know Lou Anarumo was at odds with Carl, Carlos Dunlap. So, you know, I, I Previous regime guy being Carl Carlo uh, Carl Lawson with Marvin Lewis. We don't know exactly what what exactly the relationship is there. I, I would assume that the Bengals are going to try and make a push of some kind to retain Carl Lawson, whether it's placing the franchise tag on him or if it's going to be putting a long term contract together for him. Um, and I, I think you know, ideally, I, I, I've said this before. In my opinion, I think the ideal situation would be that you extend. Carl Lawson long-term, maybe to a, you know, three-ish year deal and make it a lucrative deal for him. And then maybe you franchise tag William Jackson just because of the the injury issues there with William Jackson. And then, of course, you know, maybe some a little bit of up and down play. I mean, he's he's been a high-level corner for the most part, but there's been kind of some dips and dropped interceptions and the like from William Jackson. But I think, I think that that may be, if you're going to be able to keep those guys, that may be the best route. I mean, ideally, you want to be able to have manageable long-term contracts for both of those guys. I just don't know how realistic that would be for both of those because those are premium defensive positions. And if you watched or, or rather read Bengals.com, Jeff Hobson talked about shoring up the defensive side of the ball in free agency, not necessarily throwing big money at the offensive line. And that may be what the Bengals do. We don't know. Jeff Hobson was very, um, tempering of expectations last year in free agency and the Bengals did a lot of moves. So uh, he, he's still at that, you know, let's let's uh, be a little calm in our expectations. He's kind of been preaching that in recent articles, but uh, we'll see what the Bengals end up doing. You know, the defense needs some work. They, they that's there's no doubt about that. But the offensive line needs a lot of help as well. And the more the Bengals do in free agency, 
the less that the team will have to be desperate come draft time and force, you know, force their hands to pick certain positions. They like to go best player available whenever possible in the draft. I'm Anthony Cazenza. We're running through some Bengals headlines. We're going to go through the division, the rest of the division, and then we're going to go through some NFL headlines as well. Happy to have you with us on this Monday, the water cooler chat. If you're new around these parts, why we call it that kitschy name is because, hey, some of you may be in an office if it's safe enough. Some of you may be working in Zoom type of uh, atmospheres where you're working with coworkers and you're still talking football, you're still talking pigskin, you're talking NFL, you're talking Cincinnati Bengals. So we're getting you caught up on all those things so you can be educated when you're talking with your coworkers, your friends, your family, your peers, all that good stuff. I see here, uh, Ike is a lot of people asking, um, Ross, AJ, Gino update. Um, no real updates there. What we know, Ross and AJ are impending free agents. And uh, Gino, you know, there's talk that the Bengals are going to release him to free up cap space. You know, that's the other thing that needs to be taken into account. You know, there are, there's a possibility the Bengals wave a guy like Gino and place that money towards another edge rusher or one of the guys that are impending free agents. The Bengals could go after a, a big ticket wide receiver with the money that they paid AJ Green last year, maybe get a little younger at that position and use that money in a similar fashion there. Um, the Bengals could also use some Bobby Hart money if they restructure or cut cut him. Uh, you know, that could be money that they place towards another offensive lineman if they want to do that. So, uh, and they've, the good news is the Bengals have a surplus of, of cap space going into this this season. So, um, you know, they, they're probably going to be freeing up some some more there. Good news for all of you. On our Wednesday show with John Sheeran and myself, we're going to have special guest Andre Parada. Many of you know him. He's kind of a capologist and uh, really works a lot of numbers for not only the Cincinnati Bengals but around the NFL. So he's going to we're going to deep dive into some numbers this week with Andre. Really excited to have him on the program. Haven't talked to him for a little bit, but it's always good to talk to him right around free agency time because he provides a lot of solid insight and a lot of good numbers to really break things down and make things palatable for um, a lot of us that, you know, kind of sit on the outside looking in a little bit. So excited to have Andre on there. And if you, if you have not followed him on Twitter, please do so. Very sharp guy, very smart guy. So um, happy to have him, happy to have him back on the program. Let's keep rolling on. A lot of these will be next uh, on cincyjungle.com. So you can find these on the website, some of which may have already been, uh, you may know, but, Hey, we're going to go through them anyway. Pro Football Focus predicts the Bengals are going to sign Patriots offensive lineman Joe Tooney. Um, when you look at here, if you go to this article, this is what's interesting here. A lot of the, the players that they have on this article, they they have a lot of players re-signing with their own old team. So the fact that they have the Bengals signing someone from the outside. By the way, they also had William Jackson and Carl Lawson re-signing with the Bengals in this article. Go check that out. But they have Joe Tooney signing with the Bengals, their predicted contract, four years, $57 million with $35 million guaranteed. This would be completely out of the norm for the Bengals in terms of paying a guard, especially that kind of money. They have paid, uh, you know, the last guard I can remember them paying a pretty penny for on the open market was Bobby Williams and they, they took care of him a couple of times. But um, other than that, you know, it's been a lot of rental deals. They had, they got guys like, you know, Evan Mathis and, and Nate Livings on kind of uh, bargain deals. And then Evan Ma Mathis went on and, 
became a pro bowler with the, with the Eagles and stuff. So, you know, I mean, it, it, this would be a little out of character to say the least, but they believe that the Bengals are going, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of smoke signals that the Bengals will be um, going after Joe Tooney. We'll see exactly how reliable that is, but go check that out on, on pro football focus. It's kind of a, uh, t- it's their top 50 free agent rankings and then where they predict them to go. Um, and, and Tooney obviously is one of their top guys in the, in the top 50. So, um, would be interesting there. Check that out. Rolling on here. Uh, there is a seven round mock draft that we shared on cincyjungle.com. So you want to check this one out. Uh, I believe John Sheeran, my co-host put this one up here. They go offensive heavy in this seven round mock draft. And this is, uh, from Matt Miller. Very popular guy. Um, I believe he just moved on from uh, one one platform and, and moved on to another, but very prominent guy. Uh, he has them going round one, pick five, Panay Sewell, and edge rusher Joseph Osai from Texas. It, the third round, Amari Rogers from Clemson. Uh, neat, uh, pretty unique name there. Tommy Tremble, a tight end from Notre Dame, and those Notre Dame tight ends are usually pretty solid players in the pros. Um, guys that end up becoming, you know, nice targets in the passing game and whatnot. Really well-rounded players usually. So um, that would be an interesting pick. Cornerback DJ Daniel out of Georgia. Bengals like those SEC kids and those players from Georgia. We know that. Um, round six. A running back, Chris Evans, out of Michigan. Now, this seems to be round six when the Bengals aren't picking them in round two. Round six kind of seems to be the the uh, or round five, round six kind of seems to be the area in which the Bengals take a flyer on some of these running backs. You know, they did that um, a, a couple of years ago and and can kind of continue to do that. And they may look at bringing in a running back here just to kind of fill out that that position group a little bit. You've got another wide receiver, Dax Milne out of BYU. And then you've got linebacker Riley Cole out of South Alabama. These are the picks for Matt Miller's recent seven round mock draft. Check it out. Cruising on a little bit of NFL news and a blend of potential Bengals news. A prominent tackle was recently released by the Green Bay Packers, Rick Wagner, um, they needed, they're a team that needed some cap space and they have done that. There is a possibility that Wagner resigns. Um, and, uh, it was Friday. They let him go along with Christian Kirksey. I think Kirksey was a guy, if I remember correctly, the Bengals looked at for a little bit too, but, um, Rick Wagner, um, you, you see here, they, they needed uh, their 11 million over the new cap, which is predicted to be at about 180 million, a little bit lower than last year's cap, but still higher than most people thought it would be. So um, we're still kind of um, we're still kind of waiting on that, but that's what it appears to be. But uh, you look here; he had a pretty decent PFF score last year, um, and he's a guy that you know could be. Uh, you can see here. Pro football focus graded him below 62 in his first starts back from injury. Um, but, you know, he, he played played pretty well for the most part. Could be a guy at right tackle that could be out there for the Bengals. And here's the big thing, too, that if I if I remember correctly, the, the Bengals, when they go after a guy who is cut, as opposed to someone that's just their contract expires and they hit the open market, that doesn't affect the compensatory pick formula. So they do like to go after some of these guys that 
have been released by other teams because then, you know, that doesn't, you know, factor into that compensatory pick formula that could affect them down the road. They like those compensatory picks. So, um, you know, this may be a more appealing option, a more affordable option than some of the other guys out there. And we may see teams just start franchise tagging some of these tackles and getting them off the market as soon as possible. So options may be limited. Um, you know, didn't, from what I gather, Wagner didn't play great in his last uh, his last start, I don't think, uh, in the in the postseason, but a guy that could be a steady presence, maybe at right tackle, is a Bobby Hart replacement. We will see there. See Loki here. Uh, Wagner would be a nice pickup for us. Um, so uh, we'll we'll see here. Uh, Six one nine Bengals fan Garcia says, "What up, AC? Do you think the Bengals will add a quarterback since maybe?" Joe Burrow might miss half the season. If Joe Burrow misses half the season, um, that's going to be very disheartening. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't anticipate that. I, I, I don't know that I anticipate Joe Burrow, you know, coming right out and, you know, guns a blazing coming off this knee injury necessarily, but I don't, I don't doubt this kid. And look, if you go back to 0506, Carson Palmer tore his knee in January very similar type of injury in terms of severity. He came back week one and played for the Cincinnati Bengals. And that was what, you know, 15 years ago. So you would like to think technology, medical advancements and whatnot have, have kind of grown by leaps and bounds and rehab processes as well. And if you know, Joe Burrow's psyche, I think, and mentality, I think you, you, you can see that he's a guy who's going to come back pretty soon. So to answer that question, I really hope he doesn't miss. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't miss a half a season. I would not be surprised if the Bengals go after a veteran backup quarterback. I don't know that either guy has shown uh, quite enough necessarily to, to be a long-term backup quarterback answer. You know, if God forbid, Joe Burrow misses some time at the beginning of the season or during the season. We, we will see. But um, I, I think backup quarterback should be in some form of a discussion this year for the Bengals. Anyway, let's keep moving on. Uh, so the Bengals made a couple of coaching changes, not really on the coordinator level. It's mostly position coaches and whatnot, either by not amicably not retaining guys or guys moving on. Troy Walters is a new wide receivers coach taking over for Bob Bicknell, and he sees good things out of the Bengals wide receiver duo, courtesy of Jeff Hobson at Bengals.com. Quote, I love the way they want to get better. They are uh, the way they want to come to work attacking each day. They understand there are things in their games that can help improve uh, to make them elite that's what we're going to work on this year is making sure we take care of some of the little things, the detail, the technique to get them into the elite receivers of the league. And of course he's talking about T Higgins and Tyler Boyd with that quote. So, uh, you know, he's got some coming into a, a new position, a new coaching position for him. He's got some, some talent to work with and, you know, you would think that the Bengals are going to add to that stable, um, whether it is the unlikely event of bringing back A.J. Green and or John Ross. I don't really see either of those things happening, but I guess that could be on the table for discussion or adding a wide receiver either at number five in free agency in the second round. Again, what what have you, depending on what they do, it's it's very conceivable that the Bengals will end some more high end receiver talent to his group and uh, adding two T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, giving Joe Burrow more weapons. You would like, you would like to think that that's going to take place. 
more Bengals stuff. Just quickly, uh, let's activate the Kyle Pitts hive, right? Uh, Kyle Pitts is a guy that some people are saying you just can't take a tight end at number five. Um, other folks are saying, you know, he's more, more than a tight end. He's a generational prospect. And, of course, that's what this article is denoting by John Acri on CincyJungle.com. And this is on the first draft podcast. And these are words by Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN. I don't think I've ever had a tight end this high on the big board. I mean, I go back to Kellen Winslow Sr. And then uh, and I scouted Kellen Winslow and it was at Missouri, and it was a great player for the Chargers. Um, he had a very high grade when he came out, but when you really go back to tight ends, Pitts is a receiving entity. I don't know how we can uh, – we have to come up with a name for that combo of receiver and tight end because that's what Pitts is. Uh, if you listen to our show, I kind of I refer to Pitts as a flex. Uh, for those who like fantasy football and all of that, there's usually a flex position, and that's kind of what Kyle Pitts is. He's a – Receiver who plays tight end, and he can do a lot of different things. I will say there is an ele- a little bit of an element of a luxury pick to that if Pitts comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. But if the Bengals put themselves, in terms of what they do in free agency, if they put themselves in the driver's seat to make a luxury pick, if they take care of the offensive line in free agency, if they get a wide receiver in free agency and they take care of some of that stuff, um, this may be a weapon that is just a, a needed dimension by the Cincinnati Bengals offense and a nice security blanket for Joe Burrow going forward. And, you know, the Bengals need to get better in the red zone, and this this kid would do it. This kid would help with that for sure. So, anyway, uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. is very high, as are a lot of folks, on Kyle Pitts, the flex player <laughs> out of the University of Florida. Cruising on. The big area of concern for Joe Burrow last year and coming into this year is the deep ball, but it is apparently not a concern for offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. He says, again, via Bengals.com, ultimately, I don't think it concerns me. Obviously, if we started the season off and we're still missing at the same rate, that would be concerning, but we have to be able to rectify those issues. We'll watch them all through the offseason, see what we could have done better, see what we could have done differently at both the skill and the quarterback position. I think it will be a thing we can get corrected pretty quickly. Joan has thrown to these guys for a year, and I think he has a good understanding of how they play football. There's probably a myriad of issues as to why the these deep ball issues were occurring. I think, again, talking about a lack of a true preseason, watered-down training camp, limited time together for, for some of these guys. You had a rookie wide receiver. You have a rookie quarterback. It takes time to build that chemistry. You have a patchwork offensive line with guys coming in and out of the lineup, guys getting hurt. And then, of course, the deep ball suffers when your starting quarterback goes out of the lineup with injury as well. So there are a lot of issues as to why the Bengals could not throw the ball deep, you know, that there's a school of thought and it's a rational one where get the, get the speedy guy who can get open and get past the defense. Sure. That makes sense. You can also get guys that are really good at contested catches like a T Higgins, like a Kyle Pitts that have decent speed, but not necessarily game breaking speed, but they can still stretch the field in that regard. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of, you can get a big target guy. You know, there are a lot of different options to choose from and the Bengals are going to do their due diligence on that. No, it's also a little bit on Joe Burrow as well. You know, I mean, aside from uh, the chemistry issues and all of that, that we talked about, you know, there's 
mechanics and footwork and, you know, timing and all of that, that needs to kind of get hammered down. And I, I, I tend to believe Brian Callahan and what he's saying here that they have a, you know, a, a good plan in place as to what can be done to, to rectify the issues with the deep ball. I think it's, I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be, uh, turned around pretty well. Maybe not week one, especially with the injury and all that stuff, but I think we're going to see an improvement there um, going forward. Let's cruise around to the rest of the AFC North. We've got a few pieces of news here. The Steelers are in a bad way with their salary cap situation as well. Um, They did restructured defensive lineman cam hayward's contract he's going to make that this is this is a good move by pittsburgh you got to applaud this he's still going to make the money he's, he was set to make but they just converted it to a signing uh the bonus and base were converted into a signing bonus and created about seven million in cap room so they are making moves the big the big question of course is ben roethlisberger what happens to him what happens to his contract what what do the what do the steelers do there and what moves can they make? I mean, they were one of the best teams in the league throughout much of the year until they hit that skid at the end of the year where they lost five of their last six games. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's a smart move and a, a really savvy move by them, but uh, they, they've got some more work to do in terms of the salary cap situation. And we can talk more about that as well with Andre Parada, who's joining us on our podcast this week here. So check that out. The Ravens have a little bit of coaching news here. They hired a new running backs coach for their team. Craig Versteeg has been promoted to running backs coach. Um, He replaces Matt Weiss, who left to become the quarterback coach at Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. Uh, Versteeg has been on the Ravens staff since 2008 in various capacities. So, He's kind of bounced around a little bit, done a, a couple of different things, and now he is the running backs coach for the Ravens. Uh, a Another coaching position, like Troy Walters with Higgins and Boyd, another coaching position that's got a lot of talent, a lot of talent there. And, um, you know, they obviously – I mean, they use Lamar Jackson as a running back at times as well, but they – have a lot of talent there. They just drafted J.K. Dobbins last year. They have a good scheme that has a lot of success. So, you know, he's going to have to continue that for that team to continue to be successful. They like to run the football for sure. And a little bit of feel-good news from Baltimore players. I think a lot of uh, folks, especially in Ohio, are kind of um, commiserating a bit with some of the stuff going on in Texas with the weather. Uh, maybe not to the same degree. I, I don't live in either place, so I don't. I can't really say for sure but um just some good some goodwill gestures here uh P- pierre desir and robert griffin are helping in need by donating more than, more than thirty thousand meals to the texas area you know obviously um rg3 went to baylor down there so they've got ties to texas and they you know want to do some good things down there and um it's it's good to see. It's good to see. I know some people are hurting based on the weather and a lot of different factors that are going on in Texas. And hopefully all of you, into, whether you're in Texas or in Ohio, Kentucky, wherever, experiencing some harsh weather. Um, I understand in the Ohio area kind of lessened up, lightened up a little bit this weekend. But hopefully you're all okay, staying safe, staying warm, all that good stuff. Are, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of you guys. So stay safe out there. 
Let's keep it rolling. This is, I'm going to play a, a short video clip. This is from ESPN.com. Tim Hasselbeck talking about the merits as to the Cleveland Browns extending Baker Mayfield. You have to look at Baker Mayfield's career and say, you know, some of the stats are there. Um, last year, the, the wins were there, especially some big ones. Um, that He took a noticeable step forward with Kevin Stefanski, but just how good is he, right? It's kind of like, well, he's got this massive crutch of a really talented team around him, a really good offensive line, a really good running game, a really, you know, a good pass rush, a lot of talent on that team that they've amassed. And so Tim Hasselbeck uh, has a take on whether the Browns should re-sign Baker Mayfield long-term. And I'm going to play that for you here. It's on ESPN.com, and I think it's a pretty interesting take by him. And I think you'll also maybe hear a little bit of parallels from a former Bengals quarterback in some of the conversation here. So I'm going to play this for you here. Check it out. Kevin Stefanski's leadership, Baker Mayfield, is going to improve. He hasn't been a 4,000-yard passer yet in his career because the situation in Cleveland had been a disaster. But look at what Kirk Cousins did in Minnesota with Kevin Stefanski there. You know, he's, he's over 4,000 yards. He's somewhere between 26 and 30 touchdowns and 10 or fewer uh, interceptions. He's completing about 70% of his passes. That's what Baker Mayfield can do. So Baker's numbers, like they were this past year, were up from his previous two years. They will be up again. He's only going to improve, and then at that point, Baker then becomes more expensive. So I actually think you can argue that you sign Baker now before he's put up numbers and that are similar to other guys that are getting these big contracts. Maybe get Baker under a good deal because you feel like you can build around him because of your leadership in the organization. So Hasselbeck's advocating that the Browns sign Baker long-term. Now, I think anytime a team comes across a quarterback that they feel is their guy, um, you know, they're going to have this decision to make. The Bengals are in the fortunate in position, and this is why they maybe sprang in free agency a bit more than usual last year. Maybe they do the same this year because they have Joe Burrow on a rookie contract and a more manageable contract number so they can supply the rest of the roster with some help and some high-priced help. So they're able to do that. But, you know, the Browns have been, you know, active in free agency. They've had, for because they were a terrible team for years and years and years, they had a myriad of high picks, a lot of which they missed on, but some they've they've hit on. So now the question becomes, you know, do they do they – what do they do with Baker Mayfield? And there are still questions there. How much can he lead a team? How much can he do as a, as a quarterback? And, you know, the big, the big win against Pittsburgh last, last year in the postseason or a couple months ago in the postseason, um, you know, that's, that's a big feather in his cap, but big decisions ahead for the Browns. And uh, we don't, we don't know exactly what they're going to do going forward. Speaking of the Browns, we've talked last, last, water cooler chat we talked about how they are one of the front runners to land jj watt but if they do not land jj watt they have plans to add another pass rusher opposite of miles garrett and one of which is von miller should whatever his future 
holds. He's been in some hot water with, uh, you know, some, some different allegations from a former, I believe, fiance or former girlfriend, um, not some pretty ugly stuff that's going on there. So he may not be with the Denver Broncos anymore. Um, and he may be in the plans. The Browns have not shied away with bringing in some of these character guys. Um, you know, they brought in Kareem Hunt and he's, he's been helping them and staying out of trouble after he had a, a domestic issue. And, um, you know, they they are not, shying away from some of these guys that may have some, some character red flags. Uh, you, you think they're doing their due diligence, but we'll see. But JJ Watt is one guy they're looking at. And then of course, Vaughn Miller is another, and this is from Mary Kay Cabot of cleveland.com. I would have pulled that article up rather than this one that I am sharing. Uh, there is a paywall there. So be, be advised there, but, uh, I do want to credit Mary Kay Cabot of cleveland.com and the Cleveland Plain dealer. So, Check that out. Um, that would not be good news for the Cincinnati Bengals and would just heighten the need for them to shore up their offensive line. I mean, if you're going up against Miles Garrett and either Vaughn Miller, J.J. Watt against Cleveland twice a year, you've got T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward, and all kinds of other players on Pittsburgh's defense that can get after the quarterback. That's a problem. And then Baltimore, they weren't very adept at getting after the quarterback without blitzing last year, but they still hit and sacked Bengals quarterbacks very frequently last year. And they always seem to play at least solid, if not great defense. So that this just continues to reinforce the idea that the Cincinnati Bengals need to bolster their offensive line. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Speaking of JJ Watt, he is taking his time. He is not going to jump right into a situation um, you're going to have to give me quote. You're going to have to give me a second to choose a new team and city. Um, where was this at? This was on social media. I guess I, I scroll through DoorDash for like an hour before I pick a restaurant. You're going to have to give me a second to choose a new team and city. Uh, so again, you know, Oh, here's the tweet right here. Yeah. Uh, Again, there's ties to Green Bay. There are ties to uh, – some people even think Pittsburgh because his brother plays there. Uh, you know, there's – Cleveland seems to be the front runner, um, and he, he also calls free agency wild, by the way. Um, he did, in case – we talked about this last week. He did talk uh, – he did kind of talk his way out of Houston, so he they let him go out of his contract shortly after that. A lot of Bengals players said, hey, come come to Cincinnati. Um, but the rumors there have not seemed to be coming to any kind of fruition there. I think Tyler Boyd, DJ Reader, Christian Covington were a handful of guys through social media who were like, hey, come to Cincinnati. Um, so, you know, maybe DJ Reader can pull some magic, uh, seeing as they played together there and, and the Bengals could help out, uh, you know, getting another pass rusher. But it seems unlikely at this point, and it sounds like he may land somewhere else close to Cincinnati. Not good news there. But Green Bay, based on him being from Wisconsin and playing there in college, Cleveland seems to be a, a logical fit and a front runner. And then, of course, you know, Pittsburgh's in the conversation. There may be some others there, too. So that's kind of latest on on J.J. Watt. He's kind of saying, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. Pump the brakes. I got to I got to do my due diligence. It's kind of what happens with these Hall of Fame. Remember, remember the whole Peyton Manning thing? When he hit hall, uh, when he hit free agency for the first time, he was like, "Wow, this is weird." He went to a couple of different places. I think it was like San Francisco and 
Um, he went to Denver and he went to, I, I can't remember the other one, maybe Carolina or something. I can't remember the other one, but uh, he went to a couple of places and he just kind of was like, wow, this is weird. I never thought I would engage in this in free agency and, uh, you know, the whining and dining and all that kind of stuff. These guys are like, wow, this is different. Anyway, let's keep it rolling here. There are, speaking of which, there are some uh, cuts, surprises, all that kind of stuff. These are some different options via NFL.com that could be salary cap guys, not only for the Bengals to keep their eyes on, but for other teams as well. Uh, I mentioned strong candidates for release. I mentioned Vaughn Miller and the Cleveland Browns. Um, he was injured last year. And then of course, like I said, he's under criminal investigation um, for, you know, a very odd and, you know, just a, not, not a great situation there. Uh, Jarrell Casey, another Bronco, a guy who had a productive career with the, uh, the Titans for a while, uh, getting up there in age. He was a five-time pro bowler. Uh, they got him in a trade, but missed a lot of time with injury. They can save 11.9 million in cap space. He is 31, you know, could be a guy, but that could obviously be had if they do cut him for a, a better, a better rate and a better cap number, but you know, wrong side of 30 and coming off injuries. That's, I don't know. Uh, David Johnson and Bernard McKinney of the Texans. If they do that, that's just fire sale time in Houston. Uh, Trey Turner, an offensive guard for the chargers. Uh, you know, that was a guy who they thought was going to be a, a pretty good player for them. And, just did not it did not come to fruition there. Of course, you see Geno Atkins here. He's an all-decade performer who now figures to be in the year-to-year trusty veteran phrase uh, phase of his career. So, a lot of people believe that Geno is going to be gone from Cincinnati unless there's some sort of restructuring or something. Um, you know, Geno just unfortunately was not the same guy last year with the uh, the injury issue. Vernon Butler, Quinton Jefferson, and Mario Addison of the Bills. David Njoku of the Browns. That's been something that's been floating around for a couple of years. They tried to trade him supposedly last year, and then they hung on to him. Guy who's talented, has had, you know, he's first-round pick, um, has had some drop issues, but has also made some very nice plays too. So kind of an intriguing player if you're able to get him, but, you know, seems to be a, a guy that's that could be floating out there. And Adam Humphrey's a, a slot receiver for the Titans. If you remember, actually, he got hurt when playing the Bengals, uh, he went up for a ball and I think he came down and got a concussion and yeah, concussions could jeopardize Humphrey's career. He's had a few of them and yeah, he had one against the Bengals. Here you go right here. Potential surprise cuts. Ben Roethlisberger is one. Uh, you see here, John Brown from the bills, a guy who played with the Ravens for a little bit. Casey Hayward, the corner of the chargers. That would be something after they lost or they traded away Desmond King last year. Um, that would be something if they get get rid of him as well. This would be interesting here, Eric Fisher or Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. Um, Fisher's Fisher's coming off the Achilles injury, didn't play in the Super Bowl. Schwartz had all kinds of issues. I think it was a back issue that plagued him over the last few games. He didn't play in the Super Bowl. Those guys being out absolutely hindered that team from doing what they needed to do. So that's that would be interesting. And then you've got a tackle from the Patriots, Marcus Cannon. Good story from him. He was a guy who had, I believe, uh, leukemia or lymphoma had cancer and then, you know, he, they didn't know if he was ever going to play. Um, but he, he ended up being a very good player for them was a second team, all pro, 
Um, and then he opted out last year, a guy that really, you know, they were hoping, uh, hoping for, but opted out with the COVID crisis. You see Jamison Crowder, Malcolm Butler, David DeCastro, Steven Nelson are others from the Steelers. I mentioned their salary cap issues. We're going to do just a few more. I'm going a little long here, but I want to get through all of this stuff. Uh, good to have all of you with us. We've still got a lot of people hanging with us live, which is on the, on the myriad of platforms that we stream on. In case you don't know, we're on the Bengals OBI Twitter account streaming live. We're on the Cincy Jungle Twitter account streaming live. We're on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page streaming live. We're on the Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel streaming live. So we've got a lot of different channels there streaming live. You can also get all of our stuff on our Orange and Black Insider YouTube channel or wherever you get your audio stuff, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. Got a few more to get to. One little thing I want to remind folks about, if you do listen to our podcast on Stitcher, if you do listen to our podcast through Stitcher, make sure you look at the Cincy Jungle stream of, of episodes, not just the Orange and Black Insider stream. For some reason, they split off into two streams, and they've decided to update one and not update the other. So um, just in case you are someone who listens to, to our shows through Stitcher, be aware of that. This is something that I think a lot of people know by now, but um, of course... Uh, big news around the league. Philadelphia has agreed to trade Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a 2021 third round pick and a conditional 22 second round pick that could turn into a first. Um, so Carson Wentz is now the quarterback of the future for Indianapolis. He fell out of favor after playing pretty poorly with Philadelphia this last year. Kind of has been a, a real odd career path for Carson Wentz played really well as a rookie. Um, you know, they won the Super Bowl. He was hurt at that, at that point. And Nick Foles was the one who led him the rest of the way there. Um, never really rebounded the right way. And, you know, there's been all kinds of scrutiny. And so now he is gone and uh, Philadelphia gets a lot of picks. They're going to probably roll with Jalen hurts and probably draft another, I would assume quarterback at some point. <laughs> Uh, the Colts drafted Jacob Eason last year as a backup to Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers had one more year on his contract, but decided to retire. So they're going younger and trying to revive Carson Wentz's career, um, putting him with Frank Reich there, seeing if that will be the magic touch going forward here. But he is now an Indianapolis Colt, and Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for now for the Philadelphia Eagles. If you watched our Wednesday show, I our free agency profile I did on Kenny Galladay, a wide receiver I think could help the Bengals quite a bit with his size and skill set. Um, unfortunately, he may not be around for the Bengals to pursue. A lot of people believe he is going to be a strong candidate for the franchise tag. He turned down a lucrative offer by the Lions, but looks like he's going to be franchise tagged by Detroit to stay there. And lastly, let's get to this one. This guy, unfortunately, was in the news for all kinds of weird reasons I th yesterday. To be quite honest with you, I didn't really pay attention to the whole hubbub around it. But uh, I saw some video where he was kind of jawing with a young man, and I, I don't really know what was going on there. But um, Cam Newton was, quote, thinking too much on the field after mid-season mid COVID-19 bout. Cam Newton had a really just – up and down season, if you even want to call it that, for the New England Patriots. He was on a um, 
a rental deal kind of with them. Um, he was the first big name player to test positive for COVID-19 during the 2020 season. Um, and then he was on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and Chad Johnson. Uh, and so he said he's after the, after the positive test, he struggled to pick, pick up where he left off. I was one of the first players to catch it. And I'm over here like, man, how did I get it? Where did it come from? And everybody's in this panic mode as we sh- still should be said Newton of COVID-19, but yet through it all, it just happened so fast. When I came back, it was something that that's where a lack of an off season, lack of time really being invested in the system kind of showed itself. By the time I came back, I didn't feel comfortable physically skillfully a lot of that discomfort came pre-snap i'm lost i'm thinking too much the offense kept going and i was stopped and stagnant for two weeks by the time i came back it was new terminology i wasn't just trying to learn a system for what it was i was learning a let's be honest 20 year system in two months uh and if you notice a lot of his production came via running the football and not necessarily through the air with the Patriots Patriots for the first time since uh, 2007, I believe did not make the postseason. That was year, the year that Tom Brady tore a, a knee early in that season. And Matt Castle took over. They still won 10 games, but did not make the postseason. Um, every other year, basically they had made the postseason, made a deep run with Brady and Belichick first year. Brady goes away. He wins the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers and New England, well, they, they didn't make the postseason. So that's – take that for what you will. But uh, Cam Newton still thinks he's got a lot left in the tank. And, you know, it, I think he kind of – it was a myriad of factors. And for a lot of players, this is, this is the story for a lot of players. Not a, not a true offseason, not a true training camp. And then when you're kind of thrown into this, a late signing, you're forced to digest the playbook, and then, you know, you get sick – you you're away from the team for a little bit. You try and come back and then it's just, it's kind of a messy situation. And that's, that's what he's saying there. So we'll see what, what the future holds for Cam Newton there, but interesting, interesting take on a podcast co-hosted by a former big name Cincinnati Bengal who hopefully gets his own hall of fame bid one day. Guys, this is going to guys and gals. This is going to do it um, for the, for the show. I appreciate all of you tuning in. Appreciate all of you supporting this program and all of the shows in the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. Check out our show Wednesday night. John Sheeran and myself will be talking some Bengals football and bringing in Andre Prada to talk salary cap, free agency, etc. Orange is the New Black with Zim and Ace will be on this week. I believe they, they now changed their night to Tuesday, so check that out for the live stream. And then, of course, the audio will be on our, our channel And then we do listener questions live on Friday. We're doing a lot of different stuff. We're going to be doing a lot of episodes as well during free agency to get you caught up, kind of similar to this a little bit, but a little bit more Bengals-centric, getting you caught up on all of the moves that the Bengals make, don't make, who signs where, all that kind of stuff. So we'll be giving you a lot of frequent updates on this program and others on the channel. So check it out. Keep it to CincyJungle.com. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe.